Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we dive into another amazing episode together. We talk to some massively successful, wonderful, thriving entrepreneurs and bring to you some tricks, some tips, and some things that you can do. Today we're going to talk to you about unveiling the best. How to be the best version of yourself. How to have the best products, goods, services that you have available to provide for your needs as well as to Meet the needs of the people that you're meant to serve. Today is your day to thrive. I hope you know that. hope you feel it deeply inside because you are going to find some things today that are going to help you thrive in all that you do and help you unveil your best. Because only when we can be the best version of ourselves today do we then make the impact in the only day that we have that we can do anything with? And again, that's today. So today is the day that I'm encouraging you to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We have got a couple of an amazing guests and I'm ready to just jump right into them right now. So with that said, let's unveil the best as we jump into our very first interview here. Join me in welcoming Jeff Arnold. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm excellent, Steve. Thank you so much. I uh, Quite candidly, I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since we got it on the calendar. Hmm. Well, I look forward to it, too. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, from a, a, a business uh, standpoint, uh, uh, best-selling author, four of uh, my five books are bestsellers, so fortunate about that. Uh, but um, the, the space that I'm in on the, on the work uh, is in the technology and insurance space. And in fact, most of my books are about that, right? Writing on the, my beloved industry of insurance, which I would submit to your listeners, doesn't excite very many people, but to me, it creates a deep, deep passion that I can't tell enough people about. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I mean, you're right. Most people don't think about, woohoo, let's talk about insurance. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but on the flip side too, that I'm always saying for that one thing that you detached, there's somebody that really loves it. So share with us just a little bit about what excites you about insurance and, and what draws you to it. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, but basically the platform we're building is what consumes uh, my life right now, right? And uh, for the past few years, we've built uh, this uh, really cool platform, um, wrapped it up with um, deep machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, a whole bunch of other crazy words like multivariate algorithms and uh, predictive analytics. Um, but basically, what we've built does this. Uh, um, this will resonate with any listener, right? You uh, currently purchase insurance, and if you uh, actually wanted to be really frustrated, sit down and catalog, uh, document how much of your take-home pay goes to insurance. And I'm not just talking about your auto, your auto, your home, umbrella, boat, life, uh, disability, all of these other insurances plus maybe warranties and stuff you buy you too they too will see that it is a significant sum of money um, and when you start thinking of it in terms like that and then you know add uh, 20 30 40 years of how much you're going to pay for this all of a sudden you realize how important insurance really should be in your life and that's why we built this platform right that says um um you're always going to suffer some rate increases from companies, but our platform has discount discovery technology, helps people from paying more money for insurance than they should, and then also presents them 
with real life predictive analytics uh, things that they should be thinking about when it comes to insurance. Just again, briefly, I could geek out on this forever, but for your listeners who might yawn at the thought of insurance, it is um, you know, several things in a journey, in your life's journey, are going to happen. Um, you're going to possibly get married. You're going to have children. You're going to buy a house. All of these are what we call triggers for uh, different types of insurances. And I talk about them a great deal in my book, How to Beat Your Insurance Company, and really just kind of how to come up to the, the edge of those when you get there and, and what to be thinking about in the terms of insurance. But our platform really does all that, and it's called Rightshore, uh, R-I-G-H-T-S-U-R-E. And that's what I spend my life uh, doing now, Steve. Sorry for the long winded answer, but it's really developing that platform, opening it to the masses. Um, and uh, letting other people experience how to beat the insurance companies. So does this deal with all kinds of insurances, just auto? What, what kind of insurance does RightSure help a person with? Well, it's a great question. Um, and so we, we do business in the um, North America and Canada, right? And so, yes, all insurances, from life, health, auto, home, umbrella, boat, motorcycle, RV, RV small business, large business. So it's it's across the spectrum. And, and even to the fun or really cool parts now where we're doing a lot of drone insurance and pet insurance and, uh, um, you know, who knows what next on the Internet of Things brings out that we need to craft a policy for. But, yes, yeah, certainly we have... Um, over 1,200 connections with different insurance uh, providers and platforms. So we've got a large group of carriers, carry partners and products already embedded on our platform. So most people, when they think about comparison things, they think about something, uh, you know, somewhere between what Progressive kind of does on their site and, uh, you know, all the little apps that are popping up that just kind of tell you, you know, out of these 20 or 50 people that are affiliates of ours, here's what we tell you is the best. Um, how's, how's yours different? Yeah, so we say that we are not another quoting tool. Like our platform is not another quoting tool. It is the end of insurance shopping. So if you can imagine a managed portfolio like uh, or a done for you insurance platform that says once they're on bedded, uh, excuse me, onboarded onto our platform, um, that every single renewal prior to every single renewal, they're going to get a notice 30 to 45 days before that says, hey, Steve, uh, your current policy is with company X renewing at this amount. We found these other options. They're, they're cheaper, but here may be the differences in coverages. Um, you're welcome to switch, change, or whatever. And so ours is kind of a concierge level, done for you uh, insurance platform. How often do you find that people actually change? You know, I mean, because we just kind of get in a rut of every month, every year, we pay our insurance and we kind of don't think about it. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. The autopilot syndrome, which companies love, right? Insurance companies love. And, um, you know, our industry, uh, my industry, I've, uh, I've been fortunate to be in this space for 31 years. Um, we go through cycles um, like any other industry. Uh, we go through market cycles, uh, soft cycles and hard cycles or hard markets and hard cycles. We are coming into the fourth hard market in my 31 years. And so you're right, most people just set it and forget it and renewal, renew. But when you're coming into a hard market, like everyone would agree uh, that we're coming into in 2022, 2023, maybe 2024, what happens is insurance company rate increases so much, right? And so fast um, that people start shopping more um, because these the, there's this uh, universal thought amongst consumers that insurance should only go down. Why would it ever go up? But, you know, again, submitting to your listeners that insurance companies only make money one of two ways, either through premiums that they charge you and I for or investment income, right? And when those are great, all is well. But then when losses 
catastrophes exceed that income, they can only do one thing, really go out and, and, and invest more, get more. The chances of that aren't going to happen probably in a market like we're coming up to, or they can start charging policyholders more. And so because we're certainly getting into the fourth hard market in my, uh, in my uh, career, platform like ours is even making more sense, right? We've onboarded uh, 35,000, 40 million in, uh, uh, in new premium and customers just in the last 10 months, um, just because it's starting to eke its way through uh, consumers' um, inboxes for emails and their apps and their invoices when they get them in the mail, that, that rates are going up. Uh, and again, the consumer only expects it to go down. But when it goes up, not just a couple points, but 10, 15, 18, percentage points now they start shopping so again another <laughs> laboriously long-winded answer but but trying to set the right uh, ideology and mindset around uh, why this this happens well i always tell everybody really all of the shows and all of the interviews with the guests are just me being selfish and getting all this information for myself and then sharing it with the world too <laughs> and it's interesting the timing for this interview because my insurance renews uh, the 1st of February, and it's, you know, middle of January that we're doing this recording. So, um, you know, I'm interested in, you know, what's the process? I go to writesure.com, and then what? Yeah, so um, the, the best place is to start at writesure.com slash get started. And uh, here's why. Again, uh, because we're not another quoting tool, uh, our famously friendly humans lead this, right? And so we have all the, the apps and the quoting tools you want if you want to do it yourself. But uh, our hallmark, what RightShare is known for is our famously friendly humans. Um, let uh, one of our famously friendly humans onboard you, um, intake some information, and then start um, reaching out to all the different companies, making sure that we're validating all the discounts. We're not missing any affinity discounts or any programs and just doing a, a, a simple review like everyone should have, but everyone's too busy to do, right? It's about a 10 minute process or so. Oh, okay. So, wow, I like that. Cause you know, I was expecting that, you know, it'd be like, you go here and then you're going to get this and then, you know, and then, you know, and then you're going to get a thousand calls. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Thank you so much, because we, uh, you know, we have uh, investors and uh, we're, we're taking capital and one of their big pushes to us as always, understandably, to, to tighten up our, our margins is we you have to automate this more. We have to automate this more. But um, automation in our space just leads to one thing. Consumer shopping and consumers shopping inexperienced to get to the lowest price, surrendering coverages that are important, right? That's the biggest problem in our industry and why, um, you know, one of my books, The Art of the Insurance Deal, talks about, you know, stop this. Uh, let someone who's experienced do this for you because consumers think that our product is vanilla. It's all the same. It's just based upon price and it, it should be cheaper. And, and nowhere, in no other industry does this exist. If I were to tell you um, that you're going to pay more for a Tesla than you are for a, um, a Toyota Camry, you would understand there's some value there and that's why. The same if you were to take your spouse out to a nice steak dinner, you're going to pay more than if you just take her out to an Italian pizza and spaghetti dinner. You get that. But when it comes to insurance, there's this, this false uh, philosophy that says it's all the same. It's just about price. And what consumers are doing is just surrendering coverage at every renewal a little more and more to save the rate. And then it's not until claims time when they realize that that coverage wasn't there. Now, these aren't scare tactics. These are just facts that if you've ever heard horror stories about claims not getting paid and the company saying you, you didn't purchase the coverage, that, that's why. You know, it's, it's a caveat emptor. Buyer beware. You have to. You must understand what you're buying in insurance more than anything. Mm. I appreciate that so much. Even with my dad having spent some years working in the insurance industry, mostly life insurance, uh, you know, I, I find myself doing the same thing where it's just like, 
what could I cut out? What could I not do so I could save, you know, a buck or two here or there? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all believe that we're, you know, we're not going to be subjected to it or, um, and, and not you and I, but there are many, many consumers that just say, well, it doesn't matter because I'll just sue if they don't pay. Well, what, what are you going to sue if they don't pay, right? These are legal contracts that have been sold to you. They're not, there's nothing nefarious. Um, insurance companies are going to pay what they're obligated to pay in, in my experience. Um, but if there's no coverage there, they can't force coverage to be there and, and hand money out. So. So you had mentioned this before, but let's just go over it again. Um, the best thing for a person to do is go to writesure.com forward slash get started. Correct. Uh, there's a, another simple URL. Um, it's called save.writesure.com. So save.writesure.com. And on there is a short little video that talks about, um, you know, our, our platform and our offerings and uh, allow I think a free download of uh, one of my books. I think it's how to beat your insurance companies on there. Um, and that gives an, an overview for someone who, who's looking to intake some more information, gather some more data on it. Um, and then that would lead you to from that page to, of course, just scheduling with our famously friendly humans. Again, these aren't, uh, I didn't say this earlier, but these are not sales calls. N none of this is sales-based, right? This is all consultative education um and there's no no fee to do it consumers often ask well, how, how is right you're remunerated or paid or compensated um and it's a very straightforward business model um we are compensated from insurance companies that we place business with as a percentage of it um it is not uh, more with one than the other like if we put more with x we get more it's, it's really what's best for the client based upon our predictive analytics, our machine learning, our AI, our artificial intelligence, it's wrapped up into the platform. It's guiding our people along the way. Um, and then of course, uh, the number one driver for the consumer is always gonna be price, but there needs to be a value conversation too, right? That says, mm, we get you, this saves you some money, but this is a better value. What do you want to do? I love that. So uh, leave us with one little piece of advice, maybe something we should know before we, you know, do our next renewal with our insurance. Yeah, I would say this, uh, uh, a wise statesman once said it long ago, trust, but verify, right? So <laughs> trust that you're getting a, uh, the, the best, deal premium, but verify, right? Um, and, and that might mean shop, right? Um, the, the way we pitch our platform is uh, just imagine, what if we created a technology that could help the entire world stop overpaying for insurance and know with great certainty that there is no better deal elsewhere? Well, Jeff, I really appreciate that. I'm actually sitting here at rightsure.com forward slash get started and looking at the rest of my schedule so that I can schedule. Uh, do I get to be able to specifically ask to talk to you or? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on the, the, the piece as a drop down a couple days a, a month, right? So I'm, so I'm engaged. Um, uh, admittedly, uh, Marie and her whole team are, are, are way more adept at it and have been in that space <laughs> longer, but uh, not avoiding it too. If you see me drop down and, and, and choose Jeff, if it's a day, day that I'm on, then I'm happy to be engaged on call. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for being here on, with us on the show today. Steve, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. I can tell you from experience, the very first thing I did was schedule an appointment to check and see, and they will be so helpful regardless of whether they can help you or not. They will let you know whether you have the best rate or not. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. As we unveil the best, we find the things that can help each of us thrive right where we are in all that we say and do. With that, let's not have any further ado. Let's jump right into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Ann Papayoti. How are you doing today, Ann? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Did I come close to pronouncing your name right? You were spot on. Oh, yay. Hey, <laughs> that's a real win for me. I, I really mess up names sometimes. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, after a 17-year airline career and a few years as a stay-at-home mom, I'm now a coach, author, speaker, and educator. And I just happen to have a passion for fitness and positive mindset, holistic living. And through my business, Skyview Coaching, I specialize in relationships and grief. And so I love partnering with people and even organizations who really just want to experience life and change in a more empowered way. And I'm also a a wife and a mom and an almost empty nester at that. Uh, And I instruct fitness classes every morning before I begin my workday, usually with a loaded latte. But I like to say that this work kind of chose me, so to speak, because of my own experiences with loss, transition, and triumph. So I'm out there meeting people where they're at. They're often in survival mode when I first meet them. And the work we do together is to move them through that into striving to take action in their life, to let go of what's holding them back and then move them back into uh, to thriving once more. So your book is called The Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. I want to hear more about this. Tell us a little bit, first of all, about how you came up with the book and, and what it's what it's about. Great. That's I, I love talking about the gift of shift because there is a gift in shifting perspective, no matter what our circumstances are. The gift of shift is a collection of short, personal, and sometimes intimate stories told to help the reader reflect on their own life. And so behind each story are five coaching questions for the reader to kind of be reminded of a success in their life based on the theme of the story so they can use that currently to help them get through an obstacle or to recognize how they may still be stuck in something related to that theme, how it's holding them back and the questions and the guided reflection hopefully will help them to move through that a little bit. And the the title came from a workshop that my co-author and I actually collaborated on and put together and did for years, traveling back and forth to one another's um, hometowns. And we realized that there was more to it. We, we were always selling out our workshops and we're like, well, how do we reach a greater audience in a shorter amount of time? And I love to write. She does not. So <laughs> She's a, a vlogger video and I'm a blogger. So I had been encouraging her for us to write a book together. And she was not for it. But one day she came back to me after, I think, a meditative moment in yoga and said, 
that she had clarity that we absolutely did need to do this and that the gift of shift was the book. And we just needed to tell more personal stories, maybe a little less, you know, not, not exactly per the alignment of the workshop, but to how we could help people shift. And we both believe in the power of personal story. And here it is. So adapting to change. Um, I'm not sure if any of us are really good at it. Maybe you are, maybe you're a pro at it. You can help us with this, but you know, a lot of times we fight against that change. So how do we learn to adapt to change, especially the ones that we weren't planning on? That uninvited change is, it can be a bear, you know, it creates fear and fear creates isolation and then people get stuck. So dealing with change is really being open, I believe, open to perspective. And sometimes it can be something devastating. I mean, I have a laundry list of loss and, and transition and triumph, thank goodness. But I think I've learned resiliency through all of it. I think there's a bounce back quality that some people have more naturally than others. But to deal with change is really to depersonalize it, be able to look at it from an observation point of view and not as a participant. So we have to remove ourselves sometimes. We have to understand maybe the emotion that's connected to it and learn how to work through that, but then embrace the power of our mindset to move on. So, you know, you've heard of, FOMO and JOMO, right, Steve? Yes. Yes. So fear of missing out versus joy of missing out. So a lot of times with change, people have adopted the fear of missing out mindset or this fear of loss. And But what I've learned is that every time we lose something or we're willing to let go, we make room for something new. And that's really what change is about. And there's a growth that happens for us when we do that. But when we resist it, we get stuck in that fear. But their option is there for joy. Hmm. Say more about that, the option for joy. Yeah. The option for joy, because it's a choice. At the end of the day, it's a choice. Now we can't always get there on our own and some of us need help. And that's why I'm in the business I'm in is to help people find that and connect to the power of their choice. But it has, starts with awareness. You have to be aware of what you're feeling and thinking so that you can then choose change because our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings determine our actions. And if we don't like the outcomes we're getting, then we have to do something differently. And it often starts with how we're thinking about it. So it's it there's this, there's the gift, the gift and the shift. That just perspective, sometimes just being able to see, you know, two, two degrees more to the right or to the left gives you more options. And there is the option of joy. It doesn't change the circumstance. Whatever is being missed out on, whether it's, um, you know, with COVID, everyone missed out on something, right? We've all given up something. We've all lost something. I have a chapter in the gift of shift called the, the gift of Jomo, joy of missing out. And it's about when I had to give up my career to follow my husband so that he could advance his. And in doing so, I had a choice to make. I could get stuck in resentment or bitterness about that, that I was giving that up or just in feeling defeated. And I, and here I go again, giving up my life to support someone else. Those were feelings that were natural and that were happening all at the same time. But when I processed it and I looked at it as an observer, I was able to recognize my choice to see it as joy, the joy of staying home, the joy of building a new community, the joy of having an opportunity that I would not have had without this change that occurred in my life. 
And quite frankly, that led me to where I am today and to my coaching career. It is nice when we can reach that breakthrough point. I think a lot of times we don't want to discuss the breaking and the through part of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the breaking, I, I try to talk to people about seeing it as beautiful. You may, you may feel broken, but like a stained glass window, Steve, it's this beautiful masterpiece that I, that I, that how I see it anyway, I see these beautiful masterpieces, you know, in cathedrals and churches and even homes around the world. And they're just so gorgeous. You don't look at them and think of them as being created by broken pieces of glass, but they are. So it really is about recognizing the brokenness, being aware of it, feeling it, but not allowing the feelings then to then guide and dictate and lead your life. It's, you know, the lesson's always in letting go, right, Steve? It's always in letting go. And that's the hard part sometimes because we're so tangled into whatever is happening and the, the, the pain that it's causing. But to be able to then have that recognition that if I will start moving forward, I will go through it. I work with support groups for separation and divorce. And we say you go through divorce. We don't say that you're in divorce forever. You're going to go through it. It's something that's happening in your life. So you feel broken, perhaps, but you're going to go through it. So I try to help people separate their emotion from the business at hand so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. But it's often in taking action and moving forward, whatever those steps are, that we heal much of the brokenness from the past. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Although, Again, when I'm going through it, I'm not sure that I feel it in the moment, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. It's never going to be in the moment. And, but, but I do believe that people can learn the skill of shifting their mindset. So when it's something great and grand and big, a huge loss, you know, I've, I've, I've lost a child. I was in an abusive marriage. I had to kind of start over with all of that single parenting, dating again, finding trust ended up being a triumph in my life. Giving up my career, as I said before, multiple relocations, always starting over, having a child with, with learning and health challenges and another family member who committed suicide. And I, I gave up fostering a teenager, which whom I was very close to because of her lifestyle choices and what that was bringing to my family. I've had my own physical health crisis. There are big things that we can't in the moment necessarily shift, but if we're open to the possibilities and if we want to feel differently than we do in the moment, there is a way, but we have to be willing to look up to see it. And when we're stuck in that pain and that moment, as you're saying, when we're feeling broken, we, we, it's like we have blinders on and we're looking down and we can't see options and we can't see a way out. And when we're in pain, we just want the pain to stop. And often we look for that closest exit and that might be divorce or it might be um, to medicate ourselves with, with something, to, to numb our feelings, which all of that always wears off. It's temporary anesthesia. And then we have greater hurts the next day, whether we were overspending, over drinking, over sexing, over eating, over anything is often a numbing agent that creates pain. So to be open to the possibility, to be willing to do the work, to survive and weather that storm and then strive to make that positive change in your life, you have to clear that path out. Then you can thrive because now you can see direction and align it with who you are and what your heart desires and really who you were before the emotional trauma or the great loss in life. That's so good. Um, so for that person who 
is in that stuck spot. We've all been there um, where they're going to have to choose to want to go on. And it's, I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of really what I think is kind of the first step is just, I'm not dead. So I'm going to have to go on, you know, stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the first thing that they can do to begin to start popping their head back out of the sand, if you will? I have an acronym I call SOUL CPR, where I think the first thing that you have to do is just recognize where you're at. Okay, I'm at, I'm flat on the ground or on the bottom or whatever, however someone may be describing it. And then the, the C in CPR is you have to connect the dots of your journey. You have to take some time, Steve, and pause and reflect. It's not about just get up, go. While where you're at, stay there and reflect and connect the dots of your journey so far. How did I get to where I'm at? You have to understand that. Where were the crossroads and the turning points? Where did I lose myself? Where did I betray myself? Where did I give myself away? How did I end up here? And did it have anything to do uh, with my inability to navigate circumstances before? Then recognize, well, what's keeping me stuck laying here on the ground or at the bottom? What's the pain or emotion that I'm holding on to about this circumstance in my life? Is it, is it I can't get over my ex, I'm still in love? Is it an emotion of love that can be confused with grief? Is it that I'm stuck in grief that I don't know how to live without someone? Is it that I'm stuck in um, anger and blaming someone for where I'm at in life? So finding what is that emotion, then you can deal with it. Then it takes choosing responsibility for your own outcomes and saying, I'm gonna process this. I'm gonna acknowledge it, I'm gonna validate it, I'm gonna honor it, but I'm not gonna let it reside with me. Um, their spiritual teacher, Muji, says something to the effect of emotion, uh, emotions are like visitors and I'm not a hotel. In other words, there's no Hotel California here. Don't check in and never leave. Experience it, but name it, honor it, and then choose to move through it. That's when you start taking actions to make change happen. And it might be one step. It might be reaching out for support. It might be um, calling a friend and just being honest instead of hiding behind that mask and say, you know what, I, I'm hurting. I need, a, I need a friendly ear. Whatever it may be, whatever that first step may be, it's just about taking that step. And one step out of it is one step further towards your future and letting go, so. Mm, that is so good. So um, for somebody that wants to work in, you know, in more detail with you, how can they get in contact with you? They can reach me through my website, which is skyviewcoaching.com. They're welcome to email me directly, which is Ann, A-N-N, no E, at skyviewcoaching.com or connect with me on any of the social media platforms. I'm out there. And the book is called The Key of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. Can you leave us with uh, some encouraging words about what your best life can look like? Absolutely. So in The Gift of Shift, by taking people through that self-reflection, those self-reflection sections after each chapter and each chapter, while your story or the reader's story would be different than my own, everyone's experienced these common themes, whether it's been um, betrayal or grief or courage or hope or JOMO, choosing JOMO, or just connecting back to who you are and choosing to be you for yourself and to others. All of these um, create your best life. But I believe the, the biggest point here and perhaps something we, we said earlier was taking the time to pause and reflect. That's something the book gives you 
a chance to do as a reader. And it's something that my dad taught me when he taught me how to swim. He refused to teach me how to swim until he taught me how to float. Because he said, you need to be still. You need to be able, if you just keep swimming, when you're exhausted, you might drown. So you need to learn how to float and stop and reassess and recover your breath and hear your heartbeat. You know how you hear your, your heartbeat in your ears when you're underwater? Hear your heartbeat, reconnect. And when you're ready, then you can determine which direction you need to swim in. Is it the closest boat? Is it the furthest boat? Where do I need to be rather than just in this place where I'm, I feel like I'm treading water while juggling or, I'm, or I feel like I keep getting pulled under or I swim and just keep doing because I'm hiding behind achievement and success. And I, but I'm really breaking inside and I'm going to collapse when I do that. So stop and float, stop and reflect. And I really appreciate that. That's so many really great tips for us. Um, thank you so much for being here with us on the show today. Thank you so much, Steve. It was, uh, it was a, a delight and a pleasure. What a great way to live as a thriving entrepreneur, to unveil the best in you in all that you do. Let's take another commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Two great interviews and one more to go to help us discover some secrets to unveil the best in all that we do so that we can live today as a thriving entrepreneur. You got time for one more? I hope you will join me as we talk to this last guest. Let's jump right in. Join me in welcoming Nancy Gear. Hi, Nancy. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing today, Steve? I am good, thank you. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, the way that I show up in the world is I help people to create great online courses. I think of it as bundling your brilliance into a profitable program. And I got started in this. I used to do training for larger corporations. I worked inside, I worked outside. And I thought over the past year with everybody wanting to jump online, that it was time for me to step out of that box a bit and really help entrepreneurs look as brilliant as they really are when they put together an online course. So I have a bunch of questions for you. Um, they may not necessarily be in the right order, but I think we'll get through this. <laughs> okay, um, I'm ready. Let's start off with the basics. Um, what do you need to have in place before you can do a course? Well, you really need to have a sense of what do you want to cover? What's the content area you want to be in? And who is it for? Be really clear on those two items. So have your topic selected and dial into who your target audience is. And approximately how long does it take? You know, timing is always interesting, uh, anything that we do. If you've been working with a particular market for several years, you have a good sense of who your people are. 
you probably also have created some other types of programs. Maybe you've done presentations that are live. Maybe you've been doing some Zoom webinars and, you know, you just, you've got material in place that you can pull from. You've written articles. Maybe you've been on a podcast like this one. So you've got a place to draw information from. So you can move more quickly in that type of a place as opposed to somebody that's sort of just, hmm, I really think I'd like to talk about marketing. And maybe they don't have a anything really developed, but they know they're really interested in it. They want to move forward with that topic. And it all comes down to how much time are you willing to put into it? You know, you can probably, if you have things in place already, you can probably spend a couple of days to really just get dialed in on what it is you want to do and who you want to do it for. And that's, you know, not necessarily full days, but you know, you just get into it. Okay. So what makes a good course? I mean, should it be five lessons, 20 lessons, two lessons, one really great video? What, what makes the best course? What makes the best course? A lot of it is you have to look at your content and the content drives the delivery and can get to what, you know, can be best in class. There are some topics that you can do them justice in a you know 10 minute program. There's other courses that you may need to create several uh, modules, you know, and, and it might take people um, two or three hours to get through it. It all depends on what it is that you're trying to deliver and what's the level of expertise that you want to take someone to. So let's say I have four or five really great videos that I teach on that are mm -hmm. all on the same subject, obviously. Right. Um, uh, what else do I do? Do I just have a course that's just me blabbing in those videos for however long they are and poof, that's their course? Or what other things do they need a place? What you would want to add is to have some sort of interactive exercise that they would do. So let's say I'm working with something now and someone who's in the, the health and wellness space. So we're, she'll talk about a particular topic around what, uh, one of them is about what sleep patterns and what makes your sleep disrupted. And then here's a list of things that you can do to ensure better sleep. And then you could, from there, you could say, all right, take a look at this list. And from the list, choose what are you, go what are you already doing well? And then what might you want to implement? And then encourage people to slowly bring in some things to change that behavior. Because people don't want to just be talked at or talked to, they want to actually get involved and start doing. And when you get people doing, that helps them to remember more. And they're, they're involved in the program. They're not just passively consuming information. It's not like watching a good movie, you know, <laughs> right? That's entertainment. Gotcha. Okay. So now we've got the course created, you know, poof, we just did it that quick, right? That's right. Cause um, we're that good. <laughs> um, now we've got it created. Uh, what does a course usually sell, you know, to a customer for? Well, there's two different uh, ways to look at it. One is, are you looking to do something that's more transactional? That would be a higher volume, lower cost. And those programs seem to be then like 47, 97, 197. Those seem to be the magic numbers at the lower end. But perhaps you're taking people through something that's more extensive it's a, a, a longer curriculum and they're actually you're going to have, it's going to be more of a transformational experience, if you will. Those types of programs, you know, they can be something that people are going to work through over a couple of days or several hours. And then you're getting into the 597, 997, and even higher type of price point. And one of the keys to look at is in terms of pricing, how much are you going to be involved? Are you creating something and then people just consume it and you're not actively participating with them? But if you're going to offer some type of a group mentoring program or perhaps some one-on-one -on -one time with you, well, then you want to bump up your pricing to reflect, you know, really what is your time worth? So then we have to think about how much it costs for us to do it. So what typically does it cost to have you come in and do, make somebody's course for them? If I come in and I work on a project, the first thing that I do is I work with people and I do really um, a needs assessment. 
to figure out what it is they want to accomplish, get a sense of how large the program is, and to be able to move them forward. And you know, the the pricing of the of the needs assessment, it can there are some variations. If it's a smaller, shorter type of a program, you know, I can it you know it can range anywhere from fifteen hundred dollars to five thousand dollars. It all depends on how extensive of a curriculum I'm going to be helping them to build out. Okay, all right. So then now we've gotten the course. We figured out how to pay you to create the course for us. Yeah. It's all ready to go. Um, we've come up with the price for it. Um, where are we gonna sell this course? Well, when you wanna get out, this is all part of how you're gonna promote it. And one of the ways that I recommend that people do this is to come up with something on the front end that's going to be really a lead magnet or you know a no cost offer. That's a way to bring people into the into the program. And you can almost, you can look at how do you, you know, the, the idea of the Ascension model, perhaps. So you start out with this free item. They come in, they get a sense of who you are. Um, do they like you? Do they want to do business with you? And then perhaps you can take them to another level of a program. That's a, that's part of it. That is uh, maybe it's a half day of a, a masterclass or a workshop and that's you know another price point above that, and then you go from there into what is really your then taking them into the the higher ticket offer that's really more of a, a commitment. So I think really being able to do some of your own events is a great way to bring people in, as well as getting out and speaking to groups where your target market hangs out, letting people know that this is available. Certainly working your email list. Um, as well as any type of networking events where there's an opportunity for you to pitch what you're working on. So it's really getting as much exposure as you can in, in, in as many places as you can to let people know, hey, this is what I'm up to, and I'd love to have you come in and join me. And I probably should have asked, do you help them with the being able to market their course, or is it pretty much, uh, okay, it's here, it's done for you, uh, open the box and go sell it? I have um, strategic partners that I work with that dig deeper into the marketing because my expertise is really in the curriculum development, but I can, but I align them with someone that can help them when they're ready to get into implementation because you really need to be thinking about selling your course while you're building it. Mm, talk a little bit more about that. Well, once you get dialed in on what your content is, and who it's for, it's good to do a little bit of research with your target market. You have to do an interview, do a focus group, do a survey just to see, you know, hey, if I build this, will you come? <laughs> you know, is this something you might be, might be interested in? And really to get clarity on, yep, okay, I'm on to something here. This is a great idea. Or I got some feedback, which is driving me to make some changes to my plan. So I don't like people to get into analysis paralysis, but I do like that once you kind of decide on where you want to go and what you want to do, get some validation. And it, it's also a way to pre-sell the program. So perhaps people that are willing to uh, let you do an interview or a focus group, maybe you give them a discount on the, the first time that the, the program is out as a thank you. And hey, can you tell your friends? So it's you you want to have some work done, get some validation so that you don't take all the, your time and effort to build out a course that perhaps people aren't going to really want. That makes total sense. So what else should I have asked you about courses that I didn't think to ask today? I think one of the places that people can get stuck is to not really think through the design of their course and you want to really you want to design the course for the delivery method that you're using so if you're doing something that's online self-study you want to look at what's available to me in that delivery platform as well as what are the constraints or if you're looking at doing something on zoom where it's going to be live online you want to do the same thing and say what's available to me? How can I design for this particular platform so that you 
can create the best possible experience given the opportunities and constraints by whatever the delivery method is. If you think about it, reading a book is a different experience than watching a movie. The same, much of it is the same, but the treatment of it is completely different. And you want to think about that when you're creating a course. What's the treatment that is going to make this a very interesting and engaging experience for my audience? And you've got to, you have to design differently for the delivery method. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So, how would you do? You, do you just help everybody with their courses, or are there certain people that you like working with? Well, the, the primary market that I've been working with is authors, speakers, and coaches. And, and in addition to that, if they're looking at selling to corporations, that's become one of the places that I've been playing in more. Certainly, you know, I'm open to helping. <laughs> Just about anybody, but that's sort of that's that's really the the, the main market that I've um, that I've determined is a great place to go. And so, if a person is now saying me me me, that's me. How <laughs> could a person take the next step with you? Well, what they can do is they can you know you can be old school. They could call me, and my number is 414-315-9809, or text me at that number. Or email me at nancy at nancygeary.com. And Geary is spelled G-I-E-R-E. Perfect. Well, for people who aren't sure if they want to do a course, give us some words of encouragement as to why you should do a course. Creating a course is a great way to expand your reach and get your brilliance out into the world. If you just start thinking about it from the perspective of a lead magnet, it's a great way to attract people to you. And once you have them, if you keep offering them more content and educating them along the way, it's a great way to retain your current customers and expand your business. You know, you want to become that go-to person, to be that category of one in whatever your expertise is. That's perfect. Well, Nancy, I really appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show today. I'm happy to be here. What things did you learn today that you can use to be able to unveil the best in your life, to thrive, to live exceedingly abundantly above, to have eternal abundance in your life, to be more than a conqueror in everything that you do? What would it take for you to just make even a small step towards unveiling the best in everything you do so that all the products and services you have are the best you can possibly have and so that all the products and services that you offer are the best you can put out into the world because the world needs you. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and as I said, the world needs you. I'm so glad for this time that we get to be able to spend together to help up-level you, to show you today how to be able to unveil the best in everything you do and in all that you have in your life. And I hope that as you go through this week, you will live as a thriving entrepreneur in everything you do. You'll be happy, safe, warm, and loved, and you will have an amazingly wonderful, great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve, 
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.